This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. We are back with another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast on the Odyssey Network. We got a full house today, man. It's been a while since we had the whole crew together. We got Zane, as usual. We got Brian. We got Al. The band is back together, and 49ers fans are waiting for their defensive band to get back together with Nick Bosa's holdout, looking like it's going to extend into week one of the regular season. And this is just the latest in an offseason full of headlines that weren't related to what happened on the field for the 49ers. And this has been one for the books in the wrong way. And we're here to break it all down for you. So Nick Bosa, hoping we get him back for the first game in Pittsburgh, but guys, not likely. If Nick Bosa is not on that field in one way or another in week one, it is a complete and utter organizational failure. No other way to put it. And you can put the blame on both the Bosa's. You can put the blame on the 49ers. You can put the blame wherever on both, whatever you want to do. It is a complete and utter failure. Nobody really seems to know what's going on with the, with the negotiations. They've kept that part of it quiet. Things are starting to leak a little bit now with like the Niners have a big offer on the table and everything like that, which at this point, I guess you, you expect that to happen. But it seems like the long and the short of it is he wants Aaron Donald money and the 49ers aren't there. Unless he's asking for something ridiculous, like $38 million a year and 150 guaranteed, something ridiculous. He probably wants about $33 million a year and probably about 110 in guarantees, which I, I think everybody figures that's what he would want. So the fact that it's taking this long and the fact that it's going to jeopardize real games and kind of reading through the lines with things like just reading like Mike Silver's latest article and I was listening to uh, something with Kyle Kami today. Week eight, if you told me after week eight right now, I'd be like, okay. He's going to play after the bye. That's really what it might be. And you know what? If you're the 49ers, guys, and, and why wouldn't you do this? I know it's a lot of money, but they have all these con- big contracts, right? All these big contracts. And we've talked about this at nauseum, right? And I, I know you and I did a show on it. After 2024, yeah. this team is turning over. So what's going to happen is you have this year, and then you have 2024. So if you sign Bosa to the extension, he's got this year, and then you could you could – backdate all this money, right? You put it in the back of the contract. Because listen to this, you guys. Let's look at these big deals for the Niners, starting in 2025. Trent Williams is going to be 37 years old. He's probably not even going to see 2025 at $30 million. Eric Armstead's contract expires after 2024. He'll be 31 years old. He, he's not coming back at 32 unless it's on a lot less money. Javon Hargrave has an out after 2024, and he'd be 32 years old in 2025. George Kittle, 32 in 2025, would be the, in the last year of his deal at $17 million and a $4 million dead cap. I, I, I would be surprised if he sees that. People don't see the end of these contracts. Christian McCaffrey, 29 years old in 2025, $14.3 million with $6 million debt. 
Debo, 29 years old in 2025, and that's the last year of his deal. And the last year of McCaffrey's too. Traverius Ward is a free agent. Dre Greenlaw is a free agent. Hufunga is a free agent, all in 2025. Fred Warner, he'll be 29, making $26 million a year with two years left on his deal at 2025. I could see him still playing under that. He's still, I think he'll still be there. And Brandon Ayuk, I think is going to hold out next year. Um, if he doesn't have a new contract, <laughs> will, would be a free agent after 2025. So my question to you guys is, who are they paying? Who are they thinking about paying in three years? Hurt, Hurt it? Ayuk? They don't, all this, this core is either going to have their contracts expired or they're going to be in their early 30s. You're not going to build a team around a bunch of guys in their early 30s. You're probably going to move on at that point. And where I think they hurt themselves, and this is a, con a conversation for another day, but when when you, you whiff on Javon Kinlaw, when it looks like you, you whiff on Cameron Latu, when it looks like when you don't have first round picks to get tackles to replace Trent Williams, you're kind of kind of in a bad spot. And that's kind of what it looks like right now. So I don't understand if they're not building around Nick Bosa, who would be in his late twenties during this deal, who are they building around? Why, why didn't they have those first round picks? What, what player do they have on this roster right now? That, I, uh... I, th I thought I heard something about it this summer about a quarterback, but I, I don't, I don't, uh, remember. I don't remember. Oh my God. And that's, and that is part of what we talked about, right? When you talk about the Trey Lance failure, right? It's obvious to look at, you know, you, you didn't get the franchise quarterback, but hey, look at this soft landing, right? We've got we've got Brock Purdy, who looks like he could be. Sure, I get that. I understand that. But you still missed out on three first-round picks, right? Because you missed on Trey Lance. That's one of them. That was one of the three picks. Mm -hmm. and, then you and then those other two that you gave up, where you don't have a left tackle as an error. You don't have an error parent at left tackle. You don't and still haven't found an heir apparent for George Kittle. You haven't found an heir apparent for, you know, the, the, the middle of the line. You know, there's not a lot mm -hmm. of young D tackles there. There's Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave are your two starters. They're in their late 20s, right? You've got some young depth pieces behind them, but none of them that are impact players. Uh, your, your one real young superstar that you could build around is who we're talking about, Nick Bosa, Right. Like you said, who are who are you trying to hold off for? And and I think, you know, I, I think it comes down to this. I this is the first time, arguably, that the Yorks have had to face the idea of paying a superstar at a superstar level with their contract, and they are in over their heads. They are in uncharted territory, and they don't like it, and they don't know what to do with it. And, you know, you could say, well, yeah, but they signed Jimmy Garoppolo to, at the time, the largest contract in NFL history. I understand that. But if you look at that contract, it was unbelievably team friendly. And what they were able to do was front load that contract because their team was dog shit and they weren't paying anybody anything. And they could front load it to pay Jimmy Garoppolo almost all of his guaranteed money within the first three years and not have to worry about it after that. They can't do that now. They can't do that with Nick Bosa and Nick Bosa knows what he's worth. And the Bosa family knows what they're worth. And they know that the 49ers need Nick Bosa way more than Nick Bosa needs the 49ers. There are 31 other teams that would pay Nick Bosa what he wants. So when the 49ers spend the offseason saying we've budgeted for this, 
what did you budget for? Did you budget to pay him at a level that wasn't above Aaron Donald? If that's the case, you're dumb. You're dumb. And whoever budgeted that needs to be fired because there was no reason for you to think that Nick Bosa would take any less than Aaron Donald. He's the reigning defensive player of the year. And he's in his mid-20s. Aaron Donald signed that contract two se- a season ago. And he is pushing 30 now. So you're telling me that you aren't willing to spend that kind of money on a mid-20s literal superstar? Well, then you're not willing to spend that money on anybody. And and it, it's just, again, another example of how this team has just fumbled this offseason. Again, I get shit on all the time on Twitter for being quote unquote negative, but I am not a, I'm not a bootlicker. I'm not a, you know, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to just go along with the flow when I feel like something is, uh, needs to be called out just because that's what a fan does. That's not what a fan does. That's what somebody who is just, open to blind deference does I'm that's not me right I can criticize this leadership I can criticize the ownership I can criticize John Lynch I can criticize Kyle Shanahan even though they're winning I can still criticize those things because you have to look past tomorrow and look at how they've set this team up for the future and as you just said Al they really haven't so again what is the holdup what's the holdup and if Nick Bosa has to hold out through multiple games this this season, then again, your win now team is not a win now team, and you've you fucked that up too. Wow, Spencer, rack that! Definitely gonna rack that. That was that was. I, I think that I'm of the same mindset because look, they alienated George Kittle when they his contract negotiations they alienated DeForest Buckner subsequently traded him they alienated Debo Samuel and they now alienated Nick Bosa there is a special way I want to say special with air quotes around it way that the 49ers brass deals with their contract negotiations of of their best players and this ain't it this is not how you do it Al to your point this is of dire need because they've wasted draft picks, number one, in trading up for Trey Lance, which was a disaster, as we know. Number two, Trey Sermon, Joe Williams, Jalen Hurd, middle, early, mid-round draft picks that you could have had really good depth, which where they have succeeded in a lot of ways on guys that totally didn't pan out at all. And now you're in a situation where your window is closing. And I think that now this whole Bosa negotiation has highlighted the fact that the window is closing now because everybody's starting to pay attention to this very closely to see what the Niners landscape will look like in a couple of years. And it's just been mismanagement after mismanagement this off season. And, and to your point, Brian, the, the kicker today, no pun intended, they traded Zane Gonzalez or they released Zane Gonzalez to get cap room, presumably to be able to sign Nick Bosa because the contract impasse is only over about $2 million or so. And if it's $2 million for you to bring back your all-world defensive end, best, literally best player on your team, most impactful player on your team, arguably with Christian McCaffrey as well, you do that 
12 times out of 10, 31 teams, 31 other teams make this move and they get it done before the season. The Niners could have done it last year. They didn't do it. They had all offseason to do it. They didn't do it. Now you, you risk missing a game that you potentially might need at the end of the year. And the Niners know better than anybody how much one game can make a difference. And yeah, the, the, the whole season is yet to come and a lot can happen during the season, but every single game counts. We should be talking about a Super Bowl contending team. Instead, we're talking about bad trades, a contract impasse, and getting under the cap by trading or releasing kickers that they traded for when they should have just figured that out anyways. Like you, you, you spend a third round pick on a kicker, you would trade for another one only to have neither of those guys on the roster or active for week one. It's, it's absurd. It's ridiculous. And this is probably the worst offseason that Lynch and Shannon have had together. I'm going to say something that's going to get me in trouble. And it's not anything I haven't said before, and it's already gotten me in trouble. But what, what, are, you, what are you going to do? What are they going to offer me a job and take it away, guys? Can that happen again? That's the <laughs> worst that's going to that, happen. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> that's the worst that's going to happen. So from the early 2000s, once the York started hiring coaches, the Niners were a dysfunctional mess, right? They're one of the worst teams in the league. They bring in Jim Harbaugh. They, they acquired some good talent Scott with Scott McLuhan. They bring in Jim Harbaugh, bring in an excellent coach. They win, you know, whatever it was, three years in a row, NFC championships. They go to Super Bowl and then just complete dysfunctional breakup again. And then after Harbaugh left, it wasn't that Harbaugh left because Harbaugh is a little bit crazy. It was what they did after Harbaugh. And it was Tom Sula and it was Chip Kelly. And it was just dysfunction again. Three coaches in three years and really four and four years with Kyle. Nobody wanted to touch the Niners. They had to give Kyle and John six-year contracts because of the constant dysfunction, because of the constant leaks, right? Now, this really hasn't been an issue per, really until this year. There's been some weird stuff with Jimmy and the quarterback, so there has been dysfunction there. But in terms of the whole organizational dysfunction, you haven't really seen it be an issue under Lynch and Shanahan. Why? Because Jed York got the hell out of the way. That's, that's why you haven't seen it. But when this contract stuff comes up, Kyle and John get a lot of slack for it. And they're involved, you know, they're, they're the faces of the franchise. But but at the end of the day, this money stuff is Prague and Jed, isn't it? I mean, am I wrong in saying that or assuming that maybe? I don't even so, know if it's Jed. Maybe, maybe Jed's you know completely I mean? out of it. I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, listen, know. They're, they're buying soccer teams. They, they mm-hmm. have money. Don't tell me they don't have, have the money. Well, right. I guess my point of this is, do we think that after all those years of dysfun- dysfunction that the Yorks just woke up one day, whoever it is, just woke up one day in 2017 is we're not dysfunctional anymore. We're fine now. We just flipped a switch. Just think they had, they got the hell out of the way And Lynch and Shanahan cleaned a lot of stuff up. Now I don't think Kyle gives a shit about his, what, how he comes across when it comes to his quarterbacks. But again, there's a lot of coaches who are kind of assholes. Bill Belichick is like that. If you win, who cares? That's kind of how I am with it. If they're winning and they're making Super Bowls, and he gets a championship, it's it's whatever. A lot of coaches are, are dicks. But I just think this dysfunction is still still seeps through at times. I don't think it's gone away. I think it's still there. And I think you're kind of seeing it now. Like the stuff with Trey, just the way it was handled, it was bizarre. And, and now this with Nick Bosa, it's not done. He's the biggest part of the puzzle. And like you said, Zane, this should be a season where we're talking about we're all in. Let's get ready to win the Super Week One. Let's go. And all we've talked about a half season is drama shit, and it's not it's not the media doing this. It's it's the 49ers doing this. 
It's the 49ers. The 49ers are the ones who traded all those picks for Trey Lance, and then it was a circus around him. The 49ers made Jimmy Garoppolo a circus. The 49ers have not signed Nick Bosa to this point. And maybe Bosa's asking something ridiculous. I don't know. But I just think, and again, maybe that's going to get me in trouble. We know, high, I don't think Kyle and John, but above that, we know there's a history of dysfunction. Let's call it that. That that you can't argue with. There's been a history of dysfunction. And to say that, oh, well, they just woke up one day and it's fine now. I don't know that I believe that. I think Kyle and John have masked a lot of it. And when things like this come up with contract negotiations that are above Kyle and John, I think maybe that's that's where it seeps back in again. I don't know. Maybe I'm well, wrong. And 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 let let's be honest. Forbes just came out with team valuations, and I know this is not liquid cash. Like I know all that, right? This team is valued at six billion dollars. I would imagine that Nick Bosa is asking for a hundred million guaranteed, right? At least a hundred million dollars when it comes to like six billion. Is roughly 1.6%. Roughly. Because it, it's not 100 million. I think it was like, I think I, I did this on like 105 or 110 million, something like that. If you made $100,000 a year, 1.6% of your salary is $1,600. You're talking about the price for someone who makes $100,000. It's like purchasing like a nice MacBook Pro, right? That's what we're talking about. Like genuinely, that's what we're talking about. And I know that I know that is an oversimplification, but at the end of the day, this is a relatively simple situation. You must sign your best player to whatever it takes to sign him, and you must not blink. Otherwise, you are not a serious organization. And that is the issue that we're at right now. I feel like the way that the 49ers conduct business, it's not always... I don't know if it's always in good faith. And the reason why is because there's there's a discount that you expect a player to take, home home team discount, whatever it is. And I feel like there's a Parag discount, which comes with team-friendly contract, easy out, all this stuff. And Nick Bosa has, look, his father was a first-round pick. Obviously, Joey was a first-round pick, his brother. And now he's the third in his family to, to, to have that distinction. And he holds all the cards now. He is playing the game. And I don't blame him one bit for doing that because, like I said, no. there are 31 other teams that would love to have him on, on their roster. And when you look at what he's done in the short time that he's been in this league, when he's been healthy, it's uncanny. Like they had another, they had another jam and Alden Smith and stuff off the field took derailed his career. But you have the same potential impact here with Nick Bosa, where he's a absolute franchise changer. Like I look at 2019, and there's many factors as to why they turned that thing around and made it a made it a Super Bowl year. The biggest thing that year that changed was Nick Bosa arriving. That was the biggest thing that year. And that was the reason why I feel like that defense took it to another level. It's his presence there. Although it only showed with nine sacks, he was constantly in the backfield, constantly a disruption. So, guys, we could go on forever about this, but I know that we have a lot, a lot of other stuff we want to talk about today, including we have record predictions, we have a game prediction, we've got a bunch of other stuff. So let's uh, let's get the ball rolling. Well, when you talk about records, what do we got to look at? We got to look at week one. Mm-hmm. Week one, like, I, you guys, it's less than seven days away, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're now what five days away? It's Tuesday. Five days away. Yeah, we're, we're recording on Tuesday. Nick Bosa still isn't in the building. If he signs in a day or two, no chance that he's playing 
the full game, right? So he'll be on mm. a snap count. Mm. The Steelers are notoriously a difficult opponent at home. Uh, I I meant to look this up and I forgot. I don't know the last time they lost a home opener. It's been a long time. Their defense was a top five defense to end the season last year. They're fully healthy. Kenny Pickett and that offense looks a lot better, at least in the preseason, than they did last year and to end the season. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I think the 49ers lose this game, regardless of the Nick Bosa situation. I think the 49ers lose week one in Pittsburgh. I agree. I, I think it's going to be a hard fought game. And if, if Bosa was on the field, I, I would pick them to one to win. I think I said it a few times this offseason. I could see like a 20 to 17 game, a 20 to 13. Niners start out slow. They do. They have, they have a history of doing that. So I'm going to chalk this one up to a, to a loss, too. I don't want to because I'm going to be pissed off. But I, I'm, I'm going to give them an 0-1 start this season. Man, you know, I really wanted to pick them to lose, but we have to have somebody to go against the grain here. <laughs> so I don't I don't believe they're going to win, but just because you two picked them to lose and somebody has to be right and wrong, I'm going to say they're going to win. But I, I too believe that this is one of the games where you, you have to have all hands on deck. I believe the Steelers in their last 10 home openers are eight and two or something like that. It's there just it is. It's there ridiculous. It is. Yeah. It's it's absurd how good they are. No matter what roster they put out there, they're it's a dog fight, especially in the first game of the season. And the Niners may not have Kittle either. So that's the other big thing that nobody's talked about yet. George Kittle is also nursing an injury. And if you have your best defensive weapon gone and one of your best offensive weapons gone with the with a quarterback who's returning from a major injury and is making only his sixth regular season start. This is in a hostile environment against a really good defense. Man, I it's, it, it could get ugly. It could get ugly for the 49ers, and I don't want to say that, but I'm hoping that they can keep this thing close. And the other thing is, is that they don't have a kicker that they can trust. That's the other thing. Is the close games, what do you do? Robbie Gold was there. What are you going to do now? You, you roll out a kicker that you've never seen before in clutch moments. So, again, mismanagement of the offseason has trickled down into week one, and it may cost them this game. I think it will. I hope it won't. I'm going to pick the Niners. Very very slim victory, but I'm going to pick the Niners. Matthew Wright. Matthew Wright, uh, revenge game, right? If, uh, if Moody came out, because he's a former Steeler. <laughs> yeah. He's, I wouldn't be surprised to see it come down to a kick at the end. I really want it. Week two, they come home. No, I'm sorry. They Well, they come to their second home. Uh, SoFi Stadium down in LA uh, to play the Rams. Uh, I I can name four guys on this Rams team. Uh, Cooper Cup is likely not playing um, mm-hmm. to start the season. Uh, I just that's 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 in my in, in uh, I don't want to jinx it, right? But what I will say is that feels like an easy win to me. Yeah, and I, I want to say too, as I'm picking these games, my assumption is that Nick Bosa is not going to be there until after the bye. So right now, I think that Nick Bosa, the way things are going, you could, there's a possibility. I think worst case scenario is that he sits out the eight weeks um, and then he comes back after the bye. So I'm going to, that's the way I'm going to pick these games. But um, the Rams suck and the Niners have a lot more talent and they're going to put up <laughs> probably 45 points on the Rams. So to me, this is, yeah, they're going to get right in week two and start looking more like themselves and one and one. They're going to they're beat the Rams. Absolutely. Wow. If Bosa sits out to the bye, that's disastrous. Also, Fred yes. Dean-esque in, 80, in 84, when Fred Dean came back in like week seven or eight, 
and help the 49ers defense win the Super Bowl. So just like that, huh? Just like Fred Dean came back, Nick Bosa is going to come back. And I'm just and, thinking uh, worst case scenario, man. That's where my brain is right now. It's where my brain yeah. always is, but. I'm going to say it's a win again. The Rams are are awful this year. It's a two team race in the NFC, and really, I, I don't even believe in the Seahawks. Everybody's overrating them. Geno Smith's going to turn back into a pumpkin, and the Niners are seven and the last seven games. Seven games they play the Seahawks are they're uh, six and one against the Seahawks last seven games. Nice, so, nice. There you go. But they're playing the Rams. I know, but I I, I oh, will okay. not take oh. any opportunity to not to not shit on. Zane will take shots at gotcha. Seahawks no matter, no matter who they're playing. Ever, ever. <laughs> All right, week three is their home opener. Uh, it's a short week. Uh, they are uh, facing the New York Giants on Thursday night football. Going to be streamed on Amazon Prime. Uh, hopefully, you guys have solid internet connections and an Amazon Prime account. Uh, this one, I'll be perfectly honest. Again, if we're operating as if Nick Bosa doesn't come back till week eight, that's that's an, an issue against this team. But one of the sneaky one of the sneaky things that reared its head in the in the preseason was the 49ers defense's inability to stop the run and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley uh and <clears throat> that Giants coaching staff knows how to coach up a run game uh that that could be a tough game uh, especially if they haven't figured out that run defense yet i'm not willing to say that they lose to the giants because i think this offense I think the offense can can outscore the Giants, uh, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I'm still going to pick the 49ers, uh, but I think that game's tougher than it looks. Short week, Giants got to go across the country. Even I, I, I can't see the Giants winning that game. I, I agree that they can have some problems. Daniel Jones starts running around. Maybe they control the clock. They make it more interesting than it should be, but I'm still going to give the Niners a win here to put them into a hole. I don't believe in Danny Dimes at all. He had seven big time throws last year, according to Sam Munson of PFF. Big time throws, uh, throw down the field in a short window, small window. Just to, just for context, Josh Allen had seven in the playoff game against Miami last year alone. So he doesn't <laughs> wow. want to push it down the field. So <laughs> it's it's going to be if the Niners awesome. lose, it'll be a death by a thousand paper cuts. But you're, you're going to get sure. some defenders' hands on some footballs in that game. So I think the Niners win that game. Next, another home game against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think Arizona State might be better than the Arizona Cardinals. I'm picking the 49ers <laughs> in this game. Yeah, there's nothing to even talk about. And the Niners are lucky with the Rams and the Cardinals that even if they do have issues, I feel like there's four easy wins. Uh, yeah, nothing. The Niners should win this game 45 yeah. to nothing. I just can't stand Jonathan Gannon, so I hope they hope they just shred them and then we get to see his stupid face on the sideline being sad. So, yeah, I'm going to say that the, the Niners will, will absolutely trounce the Cardinals. First biggest test of the season. I mean, I guess the Steelers is a big test, so maybe that's not fair, but probably the game that most fans have circled. It is a home game against the uh, now Trey Lance-fueled uh, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh, I asked Al off-air, what if what if Dak gets hurt within the first few games? Could Trey play? And I was like, well, no, that doesn't make sense. That would be Cooper Rush. But the Cowboys are coming to Santa Clara, uh, October 8th. Uh, that is a Sunday night football game that will be on prime time. Hope to God, Nick Bosa's in that game. If Al's, <laughs> if Al's theory is correct, I don't think there's any way that the 49ers win that game. If Nick Bosa is there, uh, I think this is a dogfight. The level that we saw in the, the playoffs, 
Um, I'm going to go with the home team edge and I'm going to give it to the 49ers with my one caveat being if Nick Bosa is not playing that I'm not picking the 49ers, but as it stands now, we don't know. So I'm going to take the Niners in that one. So I think for Dallas, the Niners have knocked them out of the playoffs twice. Dallas is coming in. Tony Pollard, if everybody's healthy, Tony Pollard to me, getting all those touches is an upgrade over what they were doing last year, splitting it with Zeke. Brandon Cooks is a huge addition for them. Brandon Cooks is a really good player. He gives them a legitimate second receiver to C.D. Lamb. I wouldn't be surprised if they both had 1,000 yards this year, Cooks and Lamb. Um, I love the front seven. I thought the front seven kind of knocked the Niners around for three quarters in the playoff game, and then the Niners came back and really kind of turned the tables on them late. But I think this is a game for Dallas that Dallas is so up for, and it means so much to Dallas. Maybe like that Philly game will mean to the Niners. And I think whether both is there or not, I, I would go Dallas in this in this site. Niners look typically start of the season. They do start slower. I can see Dallas on a Sunday night really being up for this game and winning this game. The the Cowboys are almost better after Zeke Elliott left. When Tony Pollard went down in that playoff game, yes. it was almost a kind of I don't want to ever say it's a blessing in disguise when a, when a player gets hurt, but it was almost better. It was a turning point. It was a total turning point because oh, he is the better running back. He's the home run hitter. They operate better when he's playing. So that part scares me because now they were almost forced to give Zeke the ball because he was on the roster. Now Tony Pollard, he he's going to be the focal point, and I think that there'll be a better offense for it. Again, as you said, Al, they add Brandon Cooks. We'll see what Michael Gallup can do if he can regain his 2019 form. We had 1,000 yards, but they've got a really solid offense, all-world offensive line, right? So, again, in the trenches, they're really good. And this is going to be one of those games where the Niners, if they win, they'll win by a field goal. So because it's Dallas, and I hate Dallas, and my bias tells me to do this, I, I'm going to say that the Niners win against Dallas. They're undefeated in my in my estimation, by the way, up to this point. So, yes, they will be undefeated up to that point. Uh, has there ever been a better player that has played for more teams than Brandon Cooks? It's wild. No, it's insane. It's wild. It's insane. He's a good player, really good player. Performs yeah. everywhere, but he just doesn't stick yeah. for whatever reason. You yeah. know what he's the equivalent of, guys? He's the equivalent of, um, number one, Terry Allen, way back in the day. He played for a bunch of teams, mm. and he produced everywhere, 1,000-yard runner for several teams, the Vikings and, and uh, Washington Redskins. Um, but also in the bat, the basketball equivalent, he's like Jamal Jamal Crawford. Oh, just yeah. wherever he goes, he produces. So that's he what produces, he produces, yeah. Um, all right, so week six, uh, they are – at the Browns. Um, again, I think it's going to be a dogfight uh, against the Cowboys. The Browns are coming off their bye. Uh, they've got a ph- phenomenal run game. Uh, no idea what to expect out of Deshaun Watson. I think their defense will be better this year with Jim Schwartz mm-hmm. coordinating. Um, I'm going to, I'm actually, it's, it's a 10 a.m. start time here, uh, you know, traveling across country. Uh, I imagine there's going to, might be some injuries in that Cowboys game. I'm going to I'm going to give that as a victory for the Cleveland Browns. I don't even know what to say here. I don't know what to make of the Browns. <laughs> it all depends on Deshaun Watson cuz they got a good team. Yeah. Nick Chubb's phenomenal. Might be the best pure runner in the league. Mari Cooper's a really good player. Elijah Moore now right. Um good defense. And like you said coming off a bye after the Niners have an emotional game against Dallas. Yep. Man, you know, Brian, I had it marked down as winning. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> I'm still going to call it a win. I'm still going to say the Niners. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a dogfight, like you said, but I'll put it down for a win as the Niners for the Niners. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's a win as well because Deshaun Watson just looked like a, a shell of his former self last year. He was 
he was not good. And all indications from people who have watched Cleveland this preseason, this training camp, is that he's basically the same. Like there's been there's been not a lot of progression there, which is kind of shocking to Brutal. me. I actually heard this on NFL radio yesterday on Sirius XM. Yesterday, just last night, actually, I was driving and and they they were talking about this and Deshaun Watson, how he's basically looks like the same guy as last year. Now, this is this practice and shorts and t-shirts and stuff, right? But that's there's something to that. And if he hasn't remarkably improved, that team's not going anywhere. So until Deshaun Watson actually shows that he's improved, I, I've got to say the Niners have the better roster. They've got the better team. Yeah. Week seven. At the Minnesota Kirk Cousins. Uh, that is a that is October 23rd, which means that's a Monday night, which means Kirk yep. Cousins will not show up. Yep. And the 49ers <laughs> <laughs> will defeat the Vikings uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, I think so, too. I can never look at Minnesota and be worried about them ever with this with this iteration of the team. Uh, there's just nothing. Justin Jefferson's fantastic. I like Jordan yeah, Addison. Alvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook isn't there, and I, I think yeah. I don't love Madison. And like you said, Kirk Cousins is—I think he gets too much, too much of a bad rap, but he typically doesn't show up in these games. So yeah, I, I did not, it would be really hard for us to pick against the Niners here. I think they win this game. Are you talking down on future 49ers QB one Kirk Cousins? How dare <laughs> I you? I am How indeed. dare you talk down on Kyle's chosen one? So I, there is no quarterback that shrinks more in larger moments than, than Kirk Cousins. So he's going to shrink again, and a lot of shrinkage from Kirk Cousins, and they're going to lose. I was in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> um, next game, week eight, home versus the Bengals. However, those Bengals coming off a bye. Yeah. That is uh, a game that uh, I think the 49ers lose. I think that the Bengals are, to me, they're one of the top five teams in the NFL. Um, I'm still, I, I have some questions about the defense. Um, they've had some turnover, especially in the secondary. Uh, but Lou Anarumo is a tremendous, uh, a tremendous uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, and that offense is just, I mean, it's just sick what they have uh, on offense. And so, with the Bengals coming off a bye, uh, the 49ers coming off a road trip that I assume they will stay uh, probably in Youngstown uh, after that Browns game because it's Browns, Vikings, back-to-back uh, away game. So I assume that they'll stay. They'll be tired. Um, it, it's a short week because they play on Monday night. So, yeah, I am, uh, am going gonna, gonna to chalk that up as a loss uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals, which – Puts them at five and three uh, going into their bye week, which is week nine. I have the same thing. I think Joe Burrow, just just a clutch dude, man. I, I can't wait to see how his career unfolds. I think he's going to get a Super Bowl or two. I mean, I hope hope the Bills can can get can get past them in, in Kansas City this year. But the Bengals are going to get get one at some point. Um, you said loaded on offense, terrific defensive coordinators, got great game plans, great schemes for different teams. They're coming off a bye. That's a, that's that that's tough to say that that would be a win. So I'm going with Cincy there. That's such a fun team to watch, and that's going to be such a fun game to watch. You're going to see a battle of two Super Bowl heavyweight contenders, and I, I love the way that Cincinnati plays. They've been knocking on the doorstep for a couple of years now, and one of these years, like I said, Al, they're just going to mess around and win one or two. Yeah, and, one of these years. And hey, but 
Brandon Allen, the Brandon Allen factor. The Niners the got Brandon him. Allen Bowl, baby. I didn't even think of that. Brandon <laughs> Allen revenge game. But I think I think I'm with you. The Niners got to lose somewhere, right? And I've got them undefeated up to this point. So I think the Cincinnati is a game honorable loss because that's a really good team there. But I think this is this is one that they'll lose. So after eight games, I have them at five and three. Al, you have them at five and three. And Zane, you have them at six and two. Six, six and one. Seven and one. Seven and one. Sorry. Seven and one. Okay. So the only loss is that uh, week eight Cincinnati. game against the Bengals. Got yeah. it. All right. So again, week nine is a bye week. Week 10, they travel to Jacksonville. Both teams coming off a bye. Um, I mean, I, I'm high on the Jaguars simply because they play in the AFC South. I think Trevor Lawrence is, you know, the next big thing in, in, NFL quarterback circles, uh, but I still have the 49ers winning that game. Uh, I don't think the Jaguars defense is as good as it was last year, and last year it still wasn't great. Um, and so I think they're going to win a lot of games in shootouts, uh, but I think the 49ers will be able to that, – that defense will be able to handle them. So I'm going to give that uh, – I'm going to chalk that up as a victory uh, against the Jaguars. So this is the game Nick Bosa comes back without a new contract, but just finishes playing out the rest of the year. And uh, <laughs> oh, Sam, no. Sam, Sam, Sam Darnold is inserted into the starting pissed. lineup after the bye. <laughs> um, so it's Sam Darnold and Nick Bosa. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, not about the Bosa thing, because I want worst-case scenario. What about the Sam Darnold thing? So, yeah, man, Bosa's back, and it's, it's, a shot, it's a shot in the arm for this team. Bosa's back, and it's going to be a tough game, like you said, but the Niners, the, the, the Jags defense can't put up keep up with the Niners and Bosa makes a couple big plays because he's been not doing anything for the last couple months and he's got a lot of energy and the Niners win. It's just a short flight from Miami to uh, Jacksonville, huh? So he'll, they're he'll going to commute. Go he's going to commute. He'll commute there, right? <laughs> so he'll be fine. He's going to run. Yeah, he's gonna run. He's, the the, the uh, Trent Balky bowl, right? Another, another chance to stick it, stick yes. it to Trent Balky. So I'll take that. Zane, yes. I love the bowl. I love the references. Zane. I'm forgetting about all this stuff. Yes, Brandon so, Allen Bowl, Trent Trent Balky Bowl. Yes, so he's we're, they're going to stick it to him again, just like they did last time. And the Niners are going to win this one. So they only have one loss. I believe the most. Just for the record, I believe in the most right you now. You do. You do. Yes, I like it. I like it. Uh, week eleven, they are home against Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> and they will win that game because of the first two words that I use in that sentence, which is <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Yeah, we didn't have to talk about that, right? I mean, that, that should be no. one of the easiest ones of the year. Easy. Yep, easy win. Next one is not as easy. Um, it is a short week. They are traveling to Seattle. I hate that. On Thanksgiving. It is a Thursday night game in Seattle, which is arguably the – you could you could say that that Thursday night game against the Seahawks is really what cemented Brock Purdy as QB1 in, in San Francisco. Uh, at least in Kyle Shanahan's eyes. And I think he goes up and, and does something very similar. I think they win that game in Seattle on Thanksgiving. It's it's a revenge game. They're wearing the white throwbacks for that game, just like they did last year. And it just the vibes are too vibes are too great uh for uh for a loss. And so I'm gonna say they win that game against the Seahawks. See I can't. I just can't see them going undefeated in the division again. They're they're going to get tripped up somewhere. And I think they. Spoiler match up alert! Really I well don't against... think they will. Say it again. I said spoiler alert. I don't think they will. You think they're you think they're going six and zero again? 
I, no, I, just, I said I, I don't got... think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna sweep the division. Oh, okay, okay. I see yeah. what you're saying now. Now, I, now I see where you're going with this. Yeah. I'm gonna pick them to lose this game. I, I think they're going to Seattle. It's just at some point the ball is gonna bounce the wrong way in one of these games, and and I, I can see this game being that. I, I think the Niners match up really well against Seattle. Geno Smith doesn't scare me, especially if the Niners have that pass rush going. But just law of averages, they got to drop one of these division games, and I'm, I'm gonna pick that one. So I want to start off by saying F Seattle forever. And yes. I want to say, secondly, that anytime you see a primetime game there, any team, no matter who it is, stupid stuff happens. A lucky bounce, bad call, stupid play. Something happens to favor Seattle. Last year, Purdy went up there. The game was in hand. The game was over, basically. Niners get a pick six, bogus roughing the passer, Colin Bosa. And oh, that puts Seattle so right back lame. in the game. <laughs> game was over. It was 28-3 to at that point or 28 nothing, whatever it was at that point. The game was over, yeah. and the officials let them back in it. Stupid stuff happens when you play in Seattle. And I, too, I think some stupid stuff is going to happen on a short week in Thanksgiving. Pete Carroll, rah-rah coach, gets his guys up to play these games, even if he has an inferior team. I think they, I think the Niners lose as well. All right. The big one, the one that everyone has circled, everyone in San Francisco and everyone in Philadelphia. Week 13 at the Eagles. December 3rd, I think the 49ers want nothing more than to shut the Eagles up. I think the Eagles want the same thing. I'm not sure why. Um, like, it is what it is. I think the 49ers are going to be up so just aggressively for this game that I just don't see any way that they lose this game. I'm going to give them a victory here uh, week 13 at the Eagles. Listen to this stretch for the Eagles. Cowboys, November 5th. Yeah. And they must have yeah. a bye. Chiefs, November 20th. Bills, November 26th. Niners, December 3rd. Cowboys, December 10th. Seahawks, December 17th. Yes. That is a gauntlet. A gauntlet. And I agree. I think it's just they're in the midst of this really tough stretch. And the Niners, similar to what I said about Dallas, right? The Niners are coming in and they're just probably going to want it a little bit more in that game. Niners just have something to prove in that game. So it's not going to be easy. Philly's loaded. I think I still think they're to me the favorites in, in the NFC, but for this week, the Niners are going to beat them. Super Bowl hangover is going to hit Philadelphia. I'm calling it now. They're not going to be the number one team in the NFC because the Niners will be the number one team in the, in the NFC. And this is the revenge game. This is the game. What what game should we call this? Brock Purdy revenge game where Purdy just goes off. I'm going to call it Brock, Brock Purdy revenge game where he okay. goes off. Yeah. And the Niners win this one. This is the one again. There's one game that they could win the entire season. This is this is the one that they want. And Philly doesn't understand the the intensity. They think that oh, the Niners have just been chirping and this and that. They've been they've been chirping for a good reason because the Niners are arguably just as good of a team as Philadelphia last year. And they could have won that game last year just as easily if they had their yeah. whole team. So Brock Purdy revenge game. I'm going to say Brock Purdy even goes off in that game and the Niners win that one. I love it. Uh, next week, 14, the Seahawks come to Santa Clara and the 49ers are coming off an emotional victory against Seattle. They had to, or against Philadelphia. They had to fly out to Philadelphia. They have to fly back home. This is the NFC West game that I think that they lose. Uh, and so I'm going to give this a loss, uh, in week 14, even though it's at home against the Seahawks. Can a team lose after the Niners play that really emotional game and then they could come back and play Seattle? Uh, you know what? I'm taking Seattle. Crazier shits happen. That's that's crazy. How can a team? 
that's going to be a really tough spot for San Francisco. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Seattle there. Oh, ye of little faith. I'm going to go Niners, and I'm going to say that this is the Thanksgiving revenge game. There's a theme here, if you haven't noticed, with, with my picks. A lot of, a lot of vengeance and revenge, because that's what it's going to be this year. 49ers revenge tour coming to a stadium near you. Latest victim, Seattle Seahawks, right after the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Niners win at home. They were split against Seattle. Uh, week 15 uh, at Arizona. Week 16. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just mark that one down. Yeah, week 16. Home to the Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore Ravens. That is a Christmas Day game. Uh, it is a, uh, I believe that's a Monday night game. Uh, Christmas Day is a Monday. That's a Monday night game. Uh, huge game. It's just tons of eyes. Uh, I think that one is going to be a, a battle. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the 49ers uh, just because it's it's Christmas Day and they're not going to lose on Christmas Day for us. So there we go. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I'm going to give that one to the Niners too. I think it's going to it's going to be just a heavyweight fight. I we think there's a lot of question marks. I feel like still with the Ravens, they want to throw more, but do they really have the pass catchers? You know, is OBJ still any good? Is Zay Flowers? He's just a rookie. Is Rashad Bateman going to stay healthy? You know, Mark Andrews is good. So I'm going to give that one to the Niners too, and they go with their tenth win in that game. Lamar is going to give them fits. I mean, first of all, I'm a huge Lamar Jackson. I think he's such a special quarterback. He's going to give them fits. He has, he's out from underneath that Greg Roman cloud of sadness that we have been under ourselves for, for in the, in the past for a while. And I feel like he's really going to flourish as a passer and, and as a, as a quarterback, I feel like that offense was holding him back. And I think that by that time he'll have almost a, a full season on that offense. And I think they will be, Rolling on all cylinders. If similar to the Steelers, this is a, always a dogfight against the Ravens. It's always a dogfight against them. It'll be a close game. Think I think the Ravens do pull it off, though. I think that Lamar Jackson will will just give this defense fits. Running quarterbacks, it's always been an issue with this, with this defense. All right, I'm going to flip my Seahawks and my Ravens pick. Week 17 uh, at the Washington Commies. Um, <laughs> and... No idea who's playing quarterback for them at that point. Maybe Sam Howell has acquitted himself nicely. Maybe it's Jacoby Brissett. Maybe it's somebody they trade for at the trade deadline. Nobody knows. Uh, that defense, though, is pretty good. And that is a, a game in Washington on New Year's Eve day. Uh, that's a 10 a.m. start for them. Um, I just I'm, – I I'm hard-pressed to – I'm hard pressed to to say anything positive about Jack Del Rio, uh, the defensive coordinator for the Commanders, uh, and I don't I don't know that Riverboat Ron has it anymore. I'm gonna make that I'm gonna say that's a victory for the 49ers uh, on New Year's Eve day, uh, and that puts them after Week 17 for me at 12 and four. Yeah, I think Washington's sort of a middling team, maybe an eight-ish win team. Niners should win this game. I definitely win for them. They're not going to lose on Christmas and New Year's. Okay. So I already had the losing on Christmas. They're not going to lose on New Year's as well. And whoever the quarterback is, Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, 
Trey Lance, whoever it is, right? Doesn't matter. Washington's going to lose that day. <laughs> Week 18, home against the Rams. Who are playing for Caleb Williams at that point. Who are, so. who are playing for Caleb Williams. Yeah, the tank is on. But here's so. the thing. Here's the thing. The, the team that they're competing with for Caleb Williams is the Cardinals. So Caleb Williams is going to end up in the NFC West at Probably. some point. Here's, here's, where, here's, here's what I say, though. At that point, Zane has already said the, the Super Bowl hangover is real for the Eagles. Uh, they're, they're playing well. Uh, the Cowboys are playing well, but they're beating up on each other. Uh, I think at that point, the 49ers have the one seed in the NFC locked up. And so that is the Brandon Allen game. Uh, and I think the Rams win that game because it doesn't matter at all to the 49ers. And it also knocks the Rams out of Caleb Williams sweepstakes and uh, puts the Arizona Cardinals in the catbird seat. Yeah. I don't know, the Rams are going to be playing like 50 rookies in that game and probably Stetson Bennett and Cooper cop will be resting. I, I can't see, can't see the Niners losing that game. <laughs> I'm going to give them a win to put them at, I have them at 12 and five. Yeah. I'm going to say Niners win as well. It's just because the, the Niners backups are going to be better than their Rams backups. So it's like preseason week four, basically <laughs> at the end of the season. So I'm going to say Niners win Zane, because somebody has to win. Right? So you have Someone's them at 14 and three Zane. Is that correct? Zane does this every year, every year. He's like, you know, this is pissing me off and these fucking guys. All right, let's do predictions. 14 and three every year. Zane ends up like 14 wins. I hate that. It pisses me off. And I don't know what's going to happen this year. And then at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, 13, 14 points. They're fine. Alan, I can't, I I can't take your glasses off. I can't take your red and gold colored glasses off, Al. I just, I can't. Zane has them at 14 and three. Uh, either way, we all have them as the NFC West champions. We have them as, uh, well, I, I think, I still think at 12 and five, they could be uh, the one seed in the NFC, just because, like I said, I think the Cowboys and Eagles will beat each other up a little bit. Um, but obviously, seeding will depend upon how they did in those two games as well. So um, I think Zane and I called victories over the Cowboys and Eagles. Al, you you said a loss to the Cowboys and a victory to the Eagles. So, um, yeah. yeah, that is uh, that is our record prediction. We'll probably hold off on our uh, awards predictions uh, we'll record again on Thursday, and that will be a preview of uh, of the Steelers game. We'll do some award predictions. Yep. And then, Al, Friday, fingers crossed, who do we have yeah. on? Who are we going to have on? Yeah, so uh, Jacoby Shaddix, the lead singer of Papa Roach, is apparently a big Niners fan. Yes. People reached out to us, and he wants to come on and talk some Niners with us. So we're, we're trying to set that up for Friday. So we're going to hopefully have that for you, too. It'll come out either Friday night or Saturday morning. That'll, that'll be a fun conversation. I'm not going to lie. I am freaking juiced. I was a huge, well, and still am a huge Papa Roach fan. Um, Their, their debut album came out when I was a senior in high school. I don't know. I'm still debating whether I bring that up with him or not. (laughs) I'm sure he knows. I'm sure he knows that, that they are, you know, that, that they've been been around a a while. Yeah. That's one of the questions I wanted to ask him. Like you've been, that was, yeah, that was 1999. Uh, so what we're in 2023 now. So we're looking at, you know, 18, uh, Oh my God. No, your math is horrible, right? Yeah. 24 years. years. Oh my God. (laughs) See, that's the thing is I didn't even want to think it was that many. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Had nothing to do with math. I just couldn't bring myself to think that. 
24 Yeah, they still get to test the time, man. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. It's yeah. a hard thing to very, do. Very excited for that. So hopefully that works out. Uh, we've got it on the books, and and hopefully he'll be able to. Um, but yeah, a a Bay a Bay Area band, so makes sense that uh, that he is that he is a 49ers fan. They they got their start in Vacaville, so yeah, um, yeah. So hopefully yeah. that that stays on the books, and we we could have that out. So absolutely. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so twelve and five from Al and I, fourteen and three from Zane. Uh, it'll be excited to to track this and see how we did. Um, obviously. There's no way to really predict these games because let's face it, Nick Bosa isn't even on the team right now. And that could have an effect on a lot of these games. So yeah. Uh, hey, Al, over under two in terms of, no, I'll say over under one and a half uh, days before Nick Bosa signs his contract. You're oh, going to days? Take the, I thought, yeah. I thought you were going to say games. No, days. Yeah, you, yeah, you, no, you think over. it's going into the season. Yeah. Unless they just have that come to Jesus thing and we need to do this now. We can't risk it, which I don't know why that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I think, right. I think the Bosa's are the Bosa's and I think they're, they're steadfast in what they believe. And for whatever reason, the Niners are dicking around and like, I'm sorry, I know people don't want to hear the negative stuff, but I just, I don't trust the York ownership. I, I, I trust what Kyle and John have done. I don't trust the York ownership. I've just seen too many examples of dysfunction in the past. So I'm worried that this is going to linger a little bit. I am still holding out hope that the threat of significant egg on the face by not having Nick Bosa signed prior to week one starting is enough of a kick in the ass to get this done. Even if, even if it's just, Hey, we got him signed prior to week one, he's not playing, but at least we got him signed prior to week one. I I'm, I'm hoping that that bad PR is enough of a, is enough of a, a, a catalyst for them, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. They've got a lot of I bad just, PR already, so we'll see. Finger, fingers crossed, man. It's going to be an interesting week, as all weeks are with the Niners, but That's we'll see. Right. We'll see. Maybe when this comes out, all this will be moot point because uh, he'll be signed on Wednesday, but we'll see. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, but until then, again, we will be recording on Thursday and hopefully Friday this week. Uh, but until then, for Zane and Al, I'm Brian. Later. Niners on three. One, two, three. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.